Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Go back with me in your life. Does God ever remind you of sins that you committed years ago that you didn't even think about? I know He's done that for me. I remember a number of years ago, someone said something to me, and it really hurt me. And when they said it to me, the Lord reminded of me that in innocence, I had said that to my home church pastor. And I didn't think anything of it. Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives, so we can be our hands and As long as Christians inhabit their earthly bodies, Jesus' disciples are being sanctified. In other words, we are all works in progress. In today's message on forgiveness, Pastor Ed teaches that sometimes we do not know that we have committed an offense when it occurs. However, as we mature in Christ, the Lord shows us our errors in His perfect timing. For this reason, Pastor Ed admonishes us to offer peace, grace, and forgiveness to ourselves and others, and trust in God's ability to work in the lives of His children. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message in Genesis chapter 50 in a series on the subject of forgiveness. I remember a good friend of mine, Jim, and we had a disagreement, and I can't even remember what it is now, but I remember for a while we didn't talk. And then I just picked up the phone and I said, I gotta call him. And we made amends. And he has been such an invaluable friend to me. And we've blessed each other along the journey. I like what Henry, Henry Ward Beecher said, every man should have a fair side cemetery in which to bury the faults of his friends. We need to have a cemetery where we bury other people's flaws and faults. A big cemetery. Now, don't go back in that cemetery and try and raise the dead. I mean, let it be buried. Let it stay there. Don't recall. Don't remember. Don't rehearse. Don't go over those things. Oftentimes, when we nurse a grudge, we forget that that closes God's ears to our prayers. If we have an unforgiving spirit... God is going to judge us the way we judge others. Uh, The Eskimo word for forgive is 24 letters long. And it literally means not being able to think about it anymore. Not being able to think about it anymore. Do you hold a grudge against someone? As I was praying over this sermon... And thinking about the message, I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, do I hold any grudges? Is there anything in my life that's not right? And God answers prayer when you pray. You know that, right? (laughs) He brought to my mind some people's names. They're not here in the church and they're not at the mission church. (laughs) But he brought some people to my mind and I said, oh, Lord, I want to release that. I just give that to you. All of us are made of the same stuff. We have to learn 
to forgive. And if we're going to forgive others, don't dwell on it. Don't broadcast it. Don't publicize it. There's another principle. Don't intimidate those who have wounded you. That's found in chapter 45. When they came in, they were frightened when Joseph revealed who he was. Joseph was raised to the second highest place in Egypt. Verse 3. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. You know what some people do? Is they use the tactic of terrorism. I'm going to get even. Way to the right time. I'm just storing up the ammunition. And then the machine gun's going to go off. We need to practice the grace, the mercy of God in our lives so that we don't practice terrorism. Now, I remember years ago in our church uh, when Pastor Lou Iannone was alive, uh, there was somebody that was very upset with me and um, they would send letters. And so I gave these letters to Pastor Lou. I didn't open them and read them. I said, Lou, you just read them. You tell me if I should read them. And Luke came into my office. He shook his head. No, 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 don't read that. So I didn't read him. And I remember meeting this person outside. And when they saw me, I, I just waved my hand. Hey, how are you doing? I didn't, didn't think about anything because I hadn't read anything. And they just took off like that. Sometimes when people wound us or do us wrong, they're uncomfortable in our presence that's the way Joseph's brothers felt. And Joseph did not hold a grudge. He was not mulling over the situation. He just released it to God. He gave it to the Lord. Romans 12, 19 says this, Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. What we need to do is we need to reframe situations and let people know that we've reframed them. And we've reframed that circumstance, that offense, that thing that happened, we've reframed it into the grace of God, into his forgiveness. That's the way we need to live. We can't bury those emotions. Do you know out in the state of Washington, they have these huge barrels that have a life of 20 to 30 20 to 30 years and they put all this atomic waste into it that atomic waste has a life of 600 years barrels only 20 or 30 years when you put all sorts of unforgiveness and toxic emotions inside of you eventually it's going to seep out you're not meant to contain it you're not meant to hold on to it. You're meant to release it and to give it to the Lord. We need to do something else. Don't be a terrorist. I'm going to get even with you. I remember what you did. Alleviate. That's another step. And that's a step further. Alleviate their fears. In verse 21 of chapter 50, it says, Joseph said, don't be afraid. Wow. 
We have to demonstrate that we have a right attitude towards those who have wronged us. We have a right attitude towards them. Sometimes we forgive. We offer forgiveness only after we've punished others with an additional dose of guilt. Do you feel bad enough now? Do you know what you did to me now? Now do you feel sorry enough? We just pour it on them and heap it on them. That's not God's way. God's way is to release that. Let God deal with them. Let God speak to them. Now, if you're wrong, you can speak to someone, let them know. I was reading a little cartoon. Ever hear of Andy Cap? Andy Cap and his wife Flo, he's a philosopher, cartoon philosopher. Andy Cap doesn't like to go to church. And whenever the preacher comes around, Andy Cap is in trouble. So his wife Flo always goes to church. Andy Cap doesn't like to go to church because he hangs out at the bar. And Flo is always at church. And so in this little cartoon, Flo meets the preacher. And he says, you know, I am so glad that you've taken Andy back for the umpteen time. You're such a wonderful person. And Flo says, there's something about me. I just have to forgive and forget. And behind his hand, Andy is saying, there's something about her all right. She never forgets that she forgives. I want to pause on that. Remember all that I've forgiven you? Remember all that I've written off? Now, we need to sometimes just forget that we've forgiven somebody. We've just left it in the Lord's hands. We just left it with him. Now, the third point, I want to camp on it for a few moments. Recognize the power of God to redeem our experiences. In verse 5, in chapter 45, and now... Do not be distressed, do not be angry with yourself for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. What happens is that suddenly Joseph is looking at it completely different. He's seen it from God's perspective rather than the human perspective. He's seen it from God's heart rather than from his wounded heart. He's looking at it and realizing that God sees us differently. He sees it in a different way. What is happening, I think, at this moment in chapter 45 and chapter 50 is God is breaking what counselors call a family pattern, what sometimes believers call a family curse. Go back in their history, and you'll notice that Jacob and Esau were at odds. I mean, Esau was not going to forgive Jacob. And when Jacob was coming back, he was riding with an army to take Jacob out. But God intervened. And there was these strong feelings of animosity. We never knew if there was real reconciliation between Esau and Jacob. And now that family pattern had repeated itself. The children, his sons, had conspired to sell Joseph as a slave. And he went to Egypt and he went through all sorts of trials through those years, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife in prison for years. But here Joseph is. 
And something happened in that prison, something happened in that palace, something happened in that place of power that Joseph's heart completely was washed clean of any bitterness, any resentment, any anger, any desire to revenge himself. God was working in Joseph's life, but he was also working in the offender's life. Look at verses 17 to 18. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers. Now, if you look at this text, you realize that the brothers are lying, or at least we believe they're lying, because Joseph was with his father Jacob and received the blessing from his father Jacob, and his sons were blessed. And so Joseph's brothers conspired a plan to go to Joseph and say, Joseph, this is dad's dying wish on his deathbed. He said, don't seek revenge. And Joseph just begins weeping and crying because he had not held anything in their heart. And I think because he felt that they didn't believe me. They really didn't believe that I released that, that I didn't hold on to that. What happens is they recognize the heinousness of their sin, the awfulness of their sin. Let me ask you a question. Go back with me in your life. Does God ever remind you of sins that you committed years ago that you didn't even think about? I know he's done that for me. I remember a number of years ago, someone said something to me, and it really hurt me. And when they said it to me, the Lord reminded of me that in innocence, I had said that to my home church pastor. And I didn't think anything of it. And I thought, my, that was 30 years ago. I must have hurt him when I said that. I didn't realize that. There are sins of omission that we're not aware of. There are sins of commission, sins that we are very much aware of. Do you ever meet people and all of a sudden you see in them a sin that you've overcome? You see in them a sin that once you participated in? How do you treat them? See, God is working on people's lives. He was working in these patriarchs' lives. He was working in Joseph's brother's lives. Leave things in God's hands. Don't mess with it. Now, there are times you have to confront something. I'm not saying sweep things under the rug. and you know, I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that make sure that you place things in God's hands and that you follow his wisdom and his advice and you let God deal with people. Their lives are changing. But there's something that happens when you really offer forgiveness. Whether it's in your home, whether it's in the church, whether it's at the job, whether it's in relationships with people that you've known, relationships flourish where there's an atmosphere of forgiveness. Relationships flourish where there is an atmosphere of grace. If you're always holding other people's feet to the fire, God will hold your feet to the fire. And that type of relationship, there's not going to be clear and good and healthy communication. Give each other grace. I mean, hold each other accountable, yes, but give each other grace. Something was happening in Joseph's life, though, the sufferer. Whenever we're hurt, whenever we're wounded, God is not only 
doing something in the hearts and the lives of those who maybe have hurt us. He's, he's our advocate. He's our defense. He's doing something in your heart. What is he doing in your heart? In the hurt, offense, and the wrongs, what's he doing inside of you? He's doing something there. Uh, for Joseph, what happens in verse in Romans 8:28, it says, "And we know that all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose." Joseph had not read Romans; it had not been written yet, but he expresses it in his dialogue, in his conversation with his brothers. He said. Listen, you meant it for evil, but God used it for good. He recognized that he would never be in Egypt, that he would never have been able to help the Egyptians and help his own family, that it was a means of God fulfilling prophecy in his life, a means of God fulfilling purposes in his life. Let God take the wounds that you've received those arrows shot into your heart and ask him, Lord, redeem it. Use it. I remember as a young boy growing up in my home where there was so much turmoil. And there were a lot of wounds that I received. I felt the embarrassment of growing up in a single family home in a neighborhood where that wasn't the norm at all. I think we were the only ones on the block that went through a divorce, and we had quite a few people lived on our city block. And I remember the pain of watching my mother having to struggle to make ends meet and not having a dad around and all of those things. But when I got saved and I became a youth pastor, it gave me compassion for young people who had gone through similar situations. It gave me an understanding and an insight to those who maybe came from a a broken home or a broken situation. God will do that inside of you. He will take the wounds. He will take the hurt. He will take the pain. He will take all the things that go wrong. If you give it to him, he has a wonderful way of bringing good out of the evil, good out of the pain. That's what Romans teaches. See, something happened in, in Joseph. I mentioned about he, we recognize our sinfulness oftentimes when we're going through things. Aren't you sometimes reminded one of the first things you, you ask? Now, we shouldn't always ask this, but we sometimes do. Have I done anything wrong? Have I sinned, displeased the Lord? Uh, our trials do remind us of our own sinfulness, And they remind us of God's mercy. Uh, We recognize there's a realization of God's purposes. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, The worst thing that can happen to a man is to succeed before he is ready. God was doing something in Joseph's life. He was preparing him to be second in command in Egypt. Now, Joseph didn't see that in the prison, and when they forgot him in the prison, uh, Joseph didn't see that necessarily when Potiphar's wife was lying about him. He didn't see that in the pit when his brothers threw him in and abandoned him there and then later on sold him into slavery. Joseph tells us something else. All of us, All of us sometimes are hurt very deeply so that we have to 
forgive again and again. And sometimes it's a process. Sometimes you've forgiven someone and all of a sudden something triggers something in your heart and that emotion comes back, that memory comes back and you've got to go to the Lord again, you've got to present it to God again, you've got to pray again and, and, and that's just part of the process. But there's something else here. Joseph had a commitment to forgive. A commitment to forgive. 17 years after chapter 45, chapter 50 takes place. 17 years have transpired. The emotion of seeing his brothers for the very first time had worn off. They had been with him for a long time. The families were together. But Joseph still had that commitment to forgive. When they are worried about his retaliation, in verse 21 it says this, he says then, don't be afraid, I will provide for you and your children. He reassured them and spoke kindly to them. He had a disposition of forgiveness, an attitude of forgiveness. He wasn't going to go back, remember, rehearse, recall, relive it. No, he had released it. Martin Luther King said, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a permanent attitude. A permanent attitude attitude. Remember Job? Remember his good friends? When Job went through his trials, what did they do? They came and gave him their counsel. Now their counsel buried him deeper in despair. I mean, it was his fault, they said, that all the problems are happening. It was your fault, Job. If you must have done something wrong. And, and boy, they just pounded him down. Well, God came and he spoke. He straightened it out. But Job had to do something before he would be blessed. In chapter 42, verse 10, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. It wasn't until Job prayed for those who hurt him. What did Jesus say? Pray for those who persecute you, who misuse you, who despitefully pray for them. Oh, Lord, you've been merciful to me. You've forgiven me. God, will you bless sister so-and-so? Will you bless brother so And bring them to that place of repentance. Bring them to that place where they recognize. But I'm going to leave them in your hands, Lord. I release them to you. When Job prayed, then he was blessed. I want to ask you, would you do what I did? Could you just do that for a moment? Remember when I was studying the sermon? I bowed my head, I prayed, I said, Lord, is there someone I need to release a grudge or forgive? God brought him to my mind. I think he'll do the same for you. Are there people that have wounded, have hurt, something they said, something they did, something they didn't do? Would you go back in the history of your heart and mind and the journal of your life and for a few moments just ask the Lord is there someone I just need to forgive maybe a next spouse or maybe a child maybe a parent maybe a co-worker maybe a spiritual leader you'll just for this moment 
Ask the Lord. Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is a sobering portion of Scripture that Pastor Ed will be tackling, along with others that speak of forgiveness. In fact, Pastor Ed is currently teaching a five-part series entitled Forgiveness. Building in Faith is the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith. Your word restores.